Hey everyone, this is- <coughs> Oh gosh! was too good to not leave in okay so uh hey everyone this is clearly chris and you're listening to one cross radio and today's episode is a really cool one um for multiple reasons one this is an odd episode in the sense of it's not an episode i recorded um i've been given the a-okay by good friend of the podcast and patron Nathan Marchand from Monster Island Film Vault to use the audio from a uh, a live video we did for his uh, his YouTube series. But I digress, and I'll include that link in the description along with so many links um, because we got to do a round table of sorts. Um, with most of the authors of the Fantastic 42, which I will also include <laughs> link to in the description. Um, and it was just such a blast that I wanted to share the audio so you could hear some of the uh, some of the insights into the creative process of writing geeky devotionals, and just hear a bunch of people have a very fun time. Hope you enjoy, and God bless, my friends. Peace. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I hope we get uh, start getting some more viewers in right now. So, without further ado, I am going to start introducing all of my guests but, uh, here right now. So, let me unmute everyone here. All right, there we go. And... I'm still figuring... There we go. Okay, I didn't know which one I would click if I get everybody. But hello! How's everybody doing tonight? Hello. Doing all right. <laughs> all right. Writer, people. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. But for those who don't know, by chance, I am Nathan Marchand. Uh, you <laughs> I, and this is But I Digress. I revived my, own, my old YouTube show from back before... I became a podcaster and was trying to be a YouTuber, and now with the advent of live streaming, suddenly video production is a heck of a lot easier. Although, (laughs) this old show is not necessarily on a regular schedule like I tried to back in the day. (laughs) Uh, But welcome to But I Digress episode 45, and it's actually a very special occasion here because the reason I have this round table of guests is because we all worked on something special together and I wanted to have a fun round table discussion. Yep, there it is. Thank you, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have my own copy it. here as well. And uh, there's Chris with his and here's mine. <laughs> oh. Yep. 
Did I? Hey. <laughs> okay. Uh, is somebody Yay. still muted? It says, no. I keep huh? seeing Mike muted, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> nope. Can you okay. hear me? Yeah, I can hear everybody. But anyway, uh, right. by the way, by the way, Bex, I definitely owe you an author copy. I need to send you an author copy. <laughs> it's sitting, right. prepare one. It's sitting in the box, waiting to be sent, nice. and I haven't sent it because I'm a terrible person. But <laughs> I, I, I'm still waiting on mine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Says yeah. the guy who Canada, bought it as soon as it was easier now than it was a few weeks ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, I figured while we're waiting for people to join us in the chat, we would go around. This uh, it's unfortunately we are missing one of us. My friend Nick Hayden was unable to join us tonight. Nick has been uh, just started as a full time teacher this fall oh, wow. and he's a little bit exhausted he uh i think he needed to uh introvert very hard tonight so <laughs> <laughs> uh we oh, love so you I nick and i wish you could have been here i can relate <laughs> yeah. but anyway let we'll go around the screen here so i will start by going to uh, on my screen it would be uh to my right so we'll go to eric next <laughs> so tell us who are you <laughs> Who are you? I am Eric. Uh, I am Eric, <laughs> and I run a little thing called Nerd Chapel, where I slowly and very, very slowly uh, integrate people into amazingness, uh, assimilate people. Yes. Okay. This sounds weirdly <laughs> cultish. I don't know if yes. I want to be associated with your chapel anymore. Uh, Are you going uh, for the so, Borg, sir? I heard a little bit of the Borg in there. Yes. Uh, Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I try to bridge the gap between the church and nerd culture. So, you know, the uh, anyway. little Blue Lantern love, because Blue Lanterns are amazing. Uh, hope is a wonderful thing, and I try to spread hope simply by being a gentle Christian presence in nerd culture without all the weirdness of standing on a box and yelling at people. So, <laughs> Yeah, because uh, yeah. Lord knows we see a lot of that at conventions, although I've yes. never been to a show where that happened for some odd reason. I've seen it at a couple of shows. Yeah. I've heard some horror stories from uh, a couple of our mutual friend, Hector, uh, yes. from Faith and Fandom. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. so... Continuing down the line as it's arranged on my screen, Bex. Hey. Hello. Hi, Bex. <laughs> Hi. So, uh, let's see. I am a anime super fan, and I run a podcast called Redeemed Otaku. Um, we're a little bit on a hiatus right now, but we'll be relaunching very soon. Yes, um, the second but... coming of Redeemed Otaku. I expect trumpets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. uh, but um, I, I definitely have a, a, a desire and uh, a passion for um, the anime fans. Um, and I've seen Eric in action at uh, his conventions that he attends and it has inspired me. So um, definitely looking to Dang. jump back into the convention scene next year um, and follow awesome. Eric's example to uh, bridge that gap and make connections with people and um, in hope to share the gospel with them. Mm. So, Did yeah. Ramen Con happen <laughs> this year? 
It did. Ramen Khan did happen, but it was too close to a big life event for us for uh, that we were unable to attend. This okay, year. Mm-hmm. I was wondering so, because I yeah. have to confess, there uh, there have been moments where I thought, you know what, I should go up to Ramen Khan and see Bex and Tim. But then you decided yeah, next to come year. see me. So. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Next so- year, baby. <laughs> We need to take. Yep, so we I also need to, we compliment need to... your uh, your Sailor Moon T-shirt and the T-Rex in the oh, background. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, her two favorite things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need to convention together. Oh, yeah, at some. Oh my point. gosh! Yeah. For absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Now moving down the line, Chris. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hi, uh, so my name is Chris. I'm the host of One Cross Radio. Um, I like hats, so that's why I'm rocking one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And we talk about um, life, politics, and a lot of geeky stuff um, and where all that intersects. And I just try to be a a nice representation of geeky Christians uh, to a non-Christian audience at times, so... (laughs) Uh, also rocking a Bizarro t-shirt, because Bizarro is awesome. <laughs> By the way, we have someone in the chat right now. Check it out. Hey. <laughs> chat Family 405, hey, the second Chad coming Manly. of Redeemed Otaku Yay. is imminent. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, go definitely check out my YouTube channel, because I've been uh, doing a little bit of light YouTubing here and there with uh, uh, light YouTubing, you, cards, you, so. uh, light YouTubing. Yeah. She says spending 25 yeah. minutes unboxing and talking about Pokemon cards. That's light YouTube. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, I have to say I've been watching those videos and they are, they are strangely relaxing. I rather enjoy sitting oh, there well. and watching you just play around with cards it's it's they seriously are delightful it's just like hey i'm excited about this and you're like wow man this is this is calming which is why (laughs) which is why i will say i am no now that you are getting into back into pokemon cards i suddenly feel like i was accidentally genius and may have i don't know had some sort of prophetic message from uh from the holy spirit because i'm having you on my podcast the monster island film vault to talk oh, about yeah uh, to talk about a gamera film that would very much be in line with pokemon so <laughs> chris is smiling because he knows what that. i'm talking about <laughs> i'm excited about that <laughs> anyway scott you're next in line well hi everyone i'm scott i am a pastor author husband father uh, martial arts enthusiast, comic book nerd. <laughs> yeah, um, you didn't you didn't screw up your trachea or no, or whatever. I have no injuries thing. as of this moment. There will be no pain tonight. I am slightly disappointed. <laughs> Maybe next time. You never know when another injury is just yeah. around the corner. Oh, for those uh, just to explain, just to explain to our viewers and listeners, that's a little bit of an inside joke because Scott and I were on the Christian Nerds Unite podcast, and he in, you injured yourself doing some martial arts training the day before, and you weren't sure you would be yeah. able to talk. I was like, you, you just you'll just sound like Bane when you come on. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I sounded I sounded like an eighty year old smoker. It was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> but I'm now, so. Yeah. All right, and finally, very good. And finally, we have Darren, who is sitting there being very stoic. <laughs> the orange <laughs> mailman. The orange mailman. <laughs> I'm Darren. I'm the you guys are a bunch of nerds. 
<laughs> Thank you. And you're I, the token girl, you? so. Oh. I am. <laughs> I've been married Sorry, for 26 Dara, years, and I've been a mailman for 26 years. Um, so I get nerdy about uh, games, about the color orange. Here we go. Oh, I'm a fun and guy. Puns. Oh, wait, and wait, puns. wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I Eric asked me to. I've been doing stuff with Eric for quite a while, helping mm-hmm. out with his Nerd Chapel stuff, and he kind of reached out to me and wanted me to be a part of this. And so I, I thought about it, and I've done some blogging, but never anything like this. I thought it was a really neat project, so I decided to uh, mm-hmm. to sign on. So here I am. I've been to Gen Con with Nathan and Eric, and we've hung out together. We hung out at wow. 2013. It was such a blast. I had only met Nathan yep. like once or twice briefly before, but hanging out with them at uh, Gen Con 2013, we really kind of bonded there. It was a lot yeah. of fun. And I can tell you the moment when we truly bonded, and that was when uh. I when I made a random Homestar Runner reference playing with the uh, <laughs> hotel room lights, and I just went and flipped. And I was like, the system is down. And they're like, you know about Homestar Runner? Yes, I do. We are friends now. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All righty then. So, as we've been talking about showing off a little bit, we're here to talk about... Yeah, what's your nerdy stuff? Yes, to talk about the Fantastic 42. Now, for those who, perchance, don't know exactly what this is, Eric, you want to... Start off the story because this is actually book three. I'm going to show off books one and yes. two here. So, years ago, I was walking around a Christian bookstore. Dun dun dun. And uh, <laughs> as I looked around in the devotional section, I found a lot of devotionals about that were written for fans of sports, hunting, women's groups, and I always like to say women's tea groups. Just I don't know. I just. <laughs> Than to say that. You uh, sexist. I'm but, kidding. <laughs> but uh, nothing for our crowd. Nothing that was specifically written for fans of science fiction, superheroes, gaming, etc., etc. So I said, I okay, something needs to be done about this. And I felt the, the pull from the spirit to do something. And being that I had never written a book before, I said, hmm, God, how, how about I... I bring Nathan in. God's like, okay, go ahead. Bring that Nathan guy in. And I called Nate and said, hey, I'm doing this. I want you to do it with me. Uh, yeah, I believe and, the way the conversation, so, the way I remember the conversation was you called me up and say, hey, you, real, you ever notice that there aren't any devotional books for, you know, for our subculture? Yeah. You want to write one? Sure. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we did two before this where Nate and I each did half the book each. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which we, and... that's a part of the story we de- we need to explain. Uh, the reason why it's titled 42 and why there are 42 entries. We do yes. need to explain that. So before we start talking about, you know, this project. Right. So we, uh, we were in some, a couple of Christian Facebook, Christian nerd Facebook groups at the time and put in there, hey, we're working on a devotional for nerds and geeks. What are your thoughts? What do you want to hear about? Et cetera, et cetera. 
And someone said, well, you said name of 42 after Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, and, that, and, uh, and specifically that it should be 42 entries long because we were toying yes. with doing 30 days or 40 days. 30 days because it's a solid month and 40 days because it's a significant number in the Bible. And, you know, that's yep. usually because I looked at the market because I'm familiar with the, you know, with this particular market because I'm the writer out of the two of us because you and I are college buddies. You were, uh, I was a writing major. You were, I always forget your majors, <laughs> biblical studies. Uh, Christian so I was ministry. a double major of Christian ministries with a focus in Christian education and biblical studies. That's what it was. And, but we bonded over the nerdy stuff. And I yep. said that we usually, that uh, we need to go, uh, you know, one of those two routes. And then someone said, why don't you make it 42 days in reference to Hitchhiker's Guide? And I said, that is brilliant. And then three days later, you agreed with me. So. <laughs> Well, that's okay. But so we, the, you know, we, we wrote our first book. I just, I just want to interject. I just want to interject real quick that I'm disappointed in you, Nathan, that this is your 45th episode and that you didn't plan for this to be your 42nd episode. I just want to say Ooh, that. That was a missed <laughs> opportunity right there. Yeah. I, do you, uh, actually, for episode 42, episode 42 ha was uh, part of my Gen Con coverage. So I guess I, I don't have an excuse at that point. Yeah. Uh, that's he right. That's right. That is so a missed opportunity. You can just shame him all you want for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and shame! Dishonor so, on you! Dishonor on your cow! I'm yeah. So our first two books were very curriculum driven. The, the first book we said, okay, let's just do something introductory. Let's ask, who is this Jesus guy? Mm -hmm. That's what, what does this it mean for me it. individually? That would be yes. this one. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean for us as a group? So that's what we did with the first book. We just used illustrations from Star Wars. Superman had two entries right back to back. And that was intentional. Uh, intentional, yeah. I, I also had a... So like this, uh, the show Haven from the sci-fi channel that was based on some Stephen King works had an entry in there. Uh, just a variety of different nerd things, but you know, you, you, we didn't get everything in there. Funko. So, Sorry. <laughs> uh, and, and that went up really well. Our first convention at it, we donated ten copies to the Christian Gamers Guild for their booth, and we had an additional twenty at Nate's table. The copies at the Chris Gamers Guild booth sold out by the middle of the second day, and it was a four-day con. Wow. And well, by wow. sold out, we mean awesome. I think they just gave them away. Was that basically? Uh, they they well, were doing $8 still... donations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they were doing donations. They were doing $8 okay. donations to the group part. Okay. Uh, so, so then they started telling everybody to go to my table? <laughs> yeah. I, I put out my copy of our book as the booth copy at the CGG. And people saw it, said, this looks cool. And I said, well, go to Nate's table, because I was volunteering at the booth, which means I was running between both Nate's table and that booth that, <laughs> that year, uh, and trying to get in some games as well. Uh, so I did that, and people were coming all the way across a huge vendor hall. Gen Con's vendor hall is ginormous. It is just ridiculous. Yeah, I, uh, the vendor hall alone in Gen Con, because that's at the Indiana Convention Center in Indianapolis, I have seen whole conventions take up the same space as just right. the vendor hall of Gen Con. Yep. It's that insane. Yeah. Uh, so people are coming in at that time. You know, one of the, the interesting aspects was that was the last year where they had one combined Kent Shear for all of the artists and authors. Mm -hmm. 
And so people came halfway across this ginormous vendor hall to find one table in the middle of like 30 or 40 author tables and then go get in a line with a cashier for oh, no. 20, 30 minutes to pay for the book, then bring back a slip showing us they had paid for it in order to buy the book. Wow. And wow. we came home with one copy. I think it was, no, I think it was more like two or three. I didn't have well, many it, left. So you, you, you gave one copy to Marina Sirtis because her character from TNG yeah. Yeah, because nice. Deanna, Deanna Troy is a, is a yeah. subject. So yeah. you gave one copy to her, and then after that, we had one copy left over. Okay, that that's again. what it, I didn't quite remember yeah. all the all the numbers, but yeah, so, yeah. So it was it, it was a magical time. That <laughs> that was yeah. a magical. It was time a, a great weekend. Yeah, uh, and yes. that but continued. You know, th there are some countries you don't sell well. Some countries you do great. It always varies. Uh -huh. Yeah. And um, then a couple years ago, we decided to do a second book. So we'll do a yep. quick primer on this one. Yep. So uh, one of the things we, I will say we wanted to do is be uh, some of the feedback we got from readers for this one was that we had some very glaring omissions. Like we did uh, from the first yes. book, like we didn't have anything on Firefly. We had hardly anything on video games and uh, much to Bex's chagrin, no anime, weirdly enough. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why yep. we're like video games and <laughs> anime girl on cover. We're fixing well, yeah. the <laughs> Yes. And I also purposely included a couple of Disney connections in the second book as well, because we didn't have any Disney in the first book. So uh, the second book, I, I, I was praying and thinking, I said, you know, let's focus on the idea of newness. Let's ask the question, how does God do new things and how can mm -hmm. we cooperate with that? Mm -hmm. And that's also uh, when we it, discovered it, that calling it 42 is puntastic. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. the first book is just 42 mm -hmm. discovering faith through fandom. This one is the new 42, which is in reference to the new 52, <laughs> which was a DC Comics branding about 10 years ago bit of an infamous one too and it's called god terraforms all things so you know in reference to a line from revelation it yeah. doesn't seem right that that was 10 years ago that the new 52 yeah. right i know yeah. anyway moving on i mean the last, uh, and, and, the last yes. two years have felt like 10 years so yeah. let's uh, let's not get into that i have like opinions yeah. about comics <laughs> anyway so uh, and yes, Chet Manley, making all nerds and geeks happy is difficult. This is very difficult. Yeah, yeah, okay, here, yeah, yeah, here. Uh, right. I'll put it up so everybody everybody else can read it. Yeah, Chet Man. Yeah, making so, all nerds and geeks happy is difficult. Yeah. Uh, it's so, just, uh, uh, if I make quotes. I, I don't know. The Star Wars fandom always seems happy with everything that's going oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Right. I, I'm just going to say, I, I will now quote God from Bruce Almighty. Uh, once you figure out the answer to that, let me know. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was our focus, and I also wanted to make sure that we encourage biblical literacy with the second book. A lot, a lot of people in the church today have this idea that everyone knows. Oh no! About Did we lose Bex? Oh, there's Bex. I there thought we lost oh. her. Uh, <laughs> she went dark. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't hear uh, you. You can't hear us. Oh no, technical difficulties. Why did you bring the technical difficulties? What difficulties, buttons did you Chris? push? Hello, can you, hear me? can you hear me? We can hear you. Can I can hear, hear you. you. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I can't hear you. Please stand by. Uh, I'm gonna leave. 
and come back in. Okay. So uh, we lost Bex for a hot second. Yeah. Anyway, continue, so, uh, finish the story, and hopefully she'll be able to jump back yeah. in. I'll keep monitoring. Uh, so, so one of our things that we wanted to do was to make sure that we gave chances for people to, to learn these stories that some Christians assume everybody knows, and the reality is not everyone knows all these stories from the Old Testament and New Testament anymore. So we wanted to encourage people to learn those stories and, and to experience what God has to teach in those stories. Uh, so that was what, what brought together our, our second book. And that one did pretty, has done pretty well as well. Uh, our first convention with that was in Muskegon, Michigan at MuskieCon. And between both titles, we sold 14 books in one day. And that at a small convent, small one-day convention is really good. Uh, a lot of the small one-day shows I go to, I only sell one or two books. And uh, so it would, uh, really was a fun experience. And, you know, Muskegon is my hometown territory along with Darren's hometown territory. So that may have helped a bit as well. But, uh, yeah. So we just kept saying, okay, we just we need to keep going. We've, we've still got some other ideas uh for other things to do uh and then you know when it came time to do a new one i noticed or we realized nate was rather busy he had this tiny thing called a master's degree he was working on not, yeah. not a big thing, just a master's degree uh, i graduated uh, now <laughs> yes graduated uh and i felt that it, it was a good chance a good time for us to do something with less of a curriculum focus and to do more of a, just a general character study focus. And that made it easier for us to include other people. Mm -hmm. so, so Darren was one of the first people I, I thought of because uh, he had helped me out with some uh, nerd chapel Sunday morning services at conventions at Grand Con specifically uh, Grand Con gaming convention, great gaming convention. So come next September to Grand Con. Uh, and uh, you know, some, Scott was another person I'd worked with him at a couple of cons, read his work, knew that he'd be a great person to include in this. Uh, we wanted to get Bex in because we knew she'd have a handle on a lot of stuff that Nate and I are not very connected with. Yeah, that was actually another one of the reasons that we wanted to do the grand experiment of bringing more people onto this because mm -hmm. we wanted to expand out and include things that you and I hadn't talked about and, you know, contrary right. to how I might sometimes project myself, apparently, especially at Gen Con, I guess, I don't know everything. <laughs> I, I no, actually, no, I'm not, not kidding you. Everything. I'm not kidding you. Don't you. say. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I had people, I had a, a couple of my Gen Con friends walk up to me and start talking to me about Game of Thrones or Walking Dead. Like I, like I knew what they were talking about and I had to stop them and say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we again, so we wanted to be able to broaden the book's horizons a little bit, hence, hence why we invited more people on. And even if it was something that you and I are familiar with, Eric, they may know some things about it that you and I don't necessarily know, like yep. bringing on Scott and you know, almost all of his entries are about comic book superheroes, but he talked about things that uh, you and I might have not necessarily have thought of. And, you know, so yeah. that was the other thing. Or, uh, Chris, you brought in some superhero things that, you know, 
I've read plenty of comics, but you've read some that I haven't, and you have, you know, uh, a vested interest in some characters that Eric and I don't. So, you know, which we'll get into in a little bit here. So that was part of the reason that we branched out. <laughs> Squirrel Girl. Yes. Like, Squirrel Girl is a real character, people. Yes. I swear. And she's awesome. <laughs> I'm not making that up. She is a real character. Uh, yeah. And so we brought one. We did have one thing we wanted to try. We wanted to make sure everyone did a prayer entry. And we also wanted to connect with tabletop gaming fans through the game unmatched and just make sure some characters from unmatched got in yeah which at the time the roster had seven characters it's i think it's more than doubled since we since we <laughs> oh, yeah. started on the oh, book yeah. it's a little yeah. insane but it, it it's for those who don't know unmatched is an amazing game and it's kind of eric and uh, me and eric's uh, new tabletop obsession <laughs> So, mm -hmm. uh, they have a Marvel set coming out, and Deadpool just got added. They have so. three Marvel sets coming out, and yeah. Deadpool is already out. Yeah, Deadpool's already out, and apparently he breaks the game by design. Of course. Of course. Anyway, so so that's why... He made Deadpool's there. And Deadpool's set is fun because, see, he, he in the story, he got frustrated that all these other Marvel characters got into it, and he didn't. So he grabbed other <laughs> cards from other characters and drew drew over them to make his cards for his set. It's nice. brilliant. But so, anyway, he like, even got like a Cyclops's credit card is one of the ones that he wrote on to make one of his cards. Nice. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. But anyway, nice. so that's why we uh, we went around and we started inviting people that we were connected with. I I was friends with my uh, with uh, with Nick Hayden, who unfortunately couldn't be here with us. He and I took, uh, you know, uh, knew each other from school, and uh, he and I both had experience writing devotionals before because that was a common assignment that we got in our writing classes back when yes. we were in school. So we were very well versed in it. And I knew Nick. Nick's a brilliant writer, and he makes a lot of very cool connections with what he does. And he had he's into some things that I've been exposed to them but he knows way, way more about them than yeah, i do yeah. like the wheel of time and babylon 5 and things like mm -hmm. that and so mm -hmm. it, and he's very insightful i wish he could have been here tonight but it, and he's very intelligent yes i mean this is uh, the uh, guy this is the guy who took the greek class for four semesters for his foreign language requirement to graduate he for took fun. it for fun and to this day has the highest grade in the history of the school. Wow. He has think... three points over four semesters. Three points. Wow. So I, I think the biggest thing of him missing here, aside from uh, the wonderful perspective he would bring, is we've missed out on the opportunity to have a seventh heaven theme sing along. <laughs> it would have just been perfect. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. But anyway. So now that we've gotten all of the background information out, we're done flashbacking. <laughs> we're moving on to the present now. So I've got a, a handful of questions here that I wrote down. So we've done introductions, like I said. So first thing I want to ask everybody is, how did you go about writing your particular entries? So, well, I guess we'll just we'll do it true roundtable style. We'll go around. So I guess we'll start with you, Eric. So, I look for characters that 
that had something unique to share and also for characters from things that maybe the other one think of. So I did two of my characters uh, come from old 1950s sci-fi. You know, and one of one of them is connected with one of these you see here. Uh, and two of them come from there. Uh, I had a, a when some things changed up and I ended up needing to write more than six, I had some sudden uh, into or su sudden thoughts from Buffy the Vampire Slayer because I was watching some episodes of that, partly because there's a Buffy set for Unmatched. Uh, and had some, some thoughts, and so I pulled that one together. Uh, and, you know, like some of the characters are just characters that I found inspiring. So... Uh, Saint Walker, the Blue Lantern, like like the 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 Blue Lantern that has the he's the original Blue Lantern, and he also is one of very few that are actually named. They don't really name very many of the Blue Lanterns because they don't yeah. haven't shown them very much. Uh, but his whole journey of of hope in the middle of really really terrible circumstances was very inspiring and very insightful about hope. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm doing one on him, you know. And I always include Stargate because I'm a huge Stargate buff. So I did get a one-off character from an, a yeah. Stargate episode. I, uh, Eric, I think we are at the point where if there's a 42 book that doesn't have at least one entry on Stargate, we've not done our job. <laughs> it's basically required at this point. Yep. Now, what you should really do to shake things up is next for the next one, write one based on the movie. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, I'm. I'm talking the original movie with was it Kurt Russell? Yeah, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell. James Spader. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. And Ultron yeah. was in that one as well. I, yeah, James Spader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yep. so Robert California himself. Yeah. So moving around since everything got shuffled because Bex had to drop in and out. Darren. Yeah. <laughs> tell us about writing yours. Well, I just I drew from things that I was already knowledgeable about like uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I soaked that story up and just saw a lot of uh, Christian parallels in it. So when the opportunity came up, I was already, I had already been convicted by a lot of things in the story of Jekyll and Hyde. So writing that was, was pretty natural. Um, but the one that was fun was uh, Darkwing Duck. I just Don't basically put on episodes of Darkwing Duck, and I just wrote down the things that he was saying because he he narrate he's like Flash Gordon he narrates his own thing. This dynamic do-gooder does da 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 da, and, you know this infernal nemesis of ne'er do wells, and I'm like, hey, this is the stuff. I'm just gonna put this right in the devotional. And, okay, I gotta do more research here. All right, it's another episode of Darkwing Duck. I'm I'm researching. That one was a really a really fun one to write, but all the rest of them I pretty much drew from things that I was already fairly knowledgeable about, like Lord of the Rings. I'm fairly knowledgeable about that, so I just uh, drew from um, just went and it's okay. Let's uh, let's look at Aragorn here and how he's the king of the dead, and look at Jesus and how he's the Lord of the dead, and just do some parallels. So that was my method. And our host disappeared. He's he's gone. Uh, uh, keep talking, Darren. I just felt like uh, 
I just felt like showing oh, well, this off actually, since you're talking about you uh, Lord of the Rings. So you want to get oh, right now, Nathan? What? You want me to call you out right now? Sure. Oh, sure. Okay. So I originally submitted five entries. I emailed Eric five ideas, and I said, "This is what I got." He says, "Well, we're asking for six. And I said, well, I don't have a sixth idea. I'll try and come up with something. And then he says, we're asking for at least one of them to be a prayer, a prayer devotional, have a prayer focus. And I, I thought, oh, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not good at prayer. I feel like I struggle with it. I love to study the Bible, but when it comes to prayer, I feel like I'm just, it's, it, it feels like it's a chore sometimes. I thought, how can I write a devotional on prayer? And then I got to thinking about uh, Wesley, and at the very end in the book, Wesley's uh, prayer the Princess Bride, the Lord of specifically. The Princess Bride, yes. Yeah. So Sorry, I was pitching at the very Russia. end, he offers up this <laughs> prayer to the Lord of Permanent Affection as he's about to crumple over and die, and the Lord answers his prayer, and I thought, yeah, I, I think I could... I could make something work on that. And so I emailed him that idea and Eric said, okay, all your ideas are accepted. And then as I was writing it, I thought, wait a second, I'm going to have to point out the difference between the book and the movie, because this is in the book and most people are familiar with the movie, with the, the movie. princess bride. And yeah. so I'm going to have to talk about the difference and oh yeah. Nathan and I had a conversation about the difference between the book and the movie <laughs> yeah, at what, Gen Con. Yeah, I was going to say, which Gen Con was one that? One thing. <laughs> Is that 2019? There's a book? What? And Nathan I'm is saying... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause, Darren. Pause, Darren. <laughs> Chris, you have somehow gone your entire life and didn't realize that The Princess Bride is based on a novel? I had no clue, none whatsoever. Any single reference ever made about it to me, around me, wow. has strictly oh, okay. about the movie. Okay, well, here, let me explain something to you. What's fascinating about The Princess Bride as both a movie and a novel is the author of the novel also wrote the screenplay for the movie because he was a screenwriter before he was a novelist. Oh, okay. He also wrote things like, uh, like Butch Cassidy and the a... Sundance Kid. What? Did they get him back for a PG-13 version of Deadpool 2 or just the kid? I, I think it was just the kid. But uh, <laughs> we got a comment here. The best lines of the movie are taken word for word from the book, which is true. Anyway, uh, Darren, Nerd you may alert. continue. I needed to, uh, I needed to <laughs> fill the, the void in Chris's life with some facts. So. Yeah. Gaping, gaping void. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I went back to the conversation that Nathan and I had and basically started off my devotional. Nathan and I are having a disagreement and I need your help. <laughs> so basically, well, it's not that Nathan thinks that the movie is better. He thinks that the movie and the book are equal. Yeah. And basically, I say the uh, book is better. Okay. Well, basically the conversation was... Uh, we got onto the subject of the whole uh, the book is always better debate. And I actually said that I have a short list of exceptions to that. And I mentioned what I thought were in cases where I thought the movie was superior. 
And then I said, but I also have a couple that break even, yes. and one of them for me is The Princess Bride. Because I read the novel, and the novel is phenomenal. But there are things I like better in the movie than I do the novel, but then there are things in the novel I like better than the movie. <laughs> so I couldn't pick. <laughs> so I like the book better, and that's how I started off, was by calling out Nathan and saying, hey, yeah, well, wrong. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> and what's funny, so, and what's, we, you took it a step further, Darren, because what's funny is we have, at the end of each entry, we have, we call them quests of the day, so thing, applica- things to do for application based off of what you just read. And you flat out say, and I still don't know if you're serious or not, you put in one of them that, that everyone needs to call me and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> you basically said, contact no, me, no, no, no. and tell him that he's wrong. That is not what I said. That is not what I said. You, I will read this right now. I put, buy the book, read it for yourself, write Nathan a letter, and tell him the truth. That's what I put. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's great. That's uh, great. All right. All right. So we'll move on to the next one. And uh, because of all the shuffling, you're next, Bex. Next, Bex. Uh, next, Bex. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only wrote two entries um, due to some life events um i could only submit the two so um, it was 2020 you know it was yeah yeah our 2020 started in 2019 so it's been a couple years yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um so i wrote uh the sailor moon and jurassic park uh entries and um i've been a huge fan of both ever since I was introduced to them, saw them on the big screen. Um, Sailor Moon was very early on. Um, And I did a devotional for uh, Geek Devotions on their YouTube channel back a couple years, a few years ago. And it was around Sailor Moon and the theme of identity. And that that is a huge topic. And um, I saw big parallels in the Sailor Moon, uh, just the whole... Uh, storyline of Sailor Moon and how she has so many different aspects of her identity and she struggles with it kind of as she she goes along um, but in the in the anime fandom specifically uh, there is just a big need for people to know um, and get answers for their struggles with their own personal identity um, so I felt that that was a good en- entry point to that topic, um, especially for Christians in this day and age, because we are bombarded with all these ideas of who we are and who we identify with, um, that I think we need to keep in mind that as Christians, we need to know that our identity is found in Christ and we need to be reminded of that over and mm-hmm. over again because it is really truly the most important thing um but yeah so the sailor moon and then the jurassic park one um that one was a tough one for me because it, there isn't really like any sort of uh christ theme or christ uh, figure in that one um so i kind of had to really focus in on dr grant because he's a character in the unmatched 
uh, game and kind he of look be. at. Oh, he will be. Okay. So isn't it the yeah. Velociraptors or? Yeah, the Velociraptors and the security guy from the first movie. Ah, okay. Oh, uh, the guy okay. who's okay. famous for saying "clever girl," and those are his last clever words. Clever girl. <laughs> yeah. Good old Muldoon. Yeah. Muldoon. Yep, yep. Terrifically yep. short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I kind of, I, I kind of honed in on Dr. Grant um, because he's kind of this old crotchety archaeologist who refuses to, you know play with the kids or, or encourage the kids and their love for dinosaurs. And it just reminded me kind of of myself because um, I've been a Christian for many, many years. Um, and in our ladies study back last year, we had um, an older lady who was a new Christian, new convert, and she converted from Judaism. So all of her knowledge came from the, the Old Testament. So when, so when we were talking about new, when we were studying the book of Philippians, um, she would ask these questions that were kind of Sunday school questions that anybody who spent any time in Sunday school should know the answer to this. And I kind of, I, I had to like check myself a little bit, you know, so I, I kind of saw myself in Dr. Grant with, with just how we sometimes uh, disregard the younger uh, Christians in their new walk with Jesus. Um, so that that's kind of how I got the inspiration for that was just kind of my own personal experience and kind of having to examine myself in that instance. Um, and then, of course, it was fun writing about all the dinosaurs and recreating those scenes because I love that movie. <laughs> It's fantastic. Yeah. It is fantastic. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it is so rewatchable. So. Oh my gosh. Fantastic, yes. you're saying? Oh. Fantastic. Oh, <laughs> you uh, got quick, it. You got it. Quick question for you guys, because we're all we're all Christians here. Did any of you guys ever grow up with uh, McGee and me? McGee and me. I saw a couple I did. episodes. Yeah, it was the focus on the family thing with the kid who yep. talked to the cartoon uh, and Bible lessons. Uh, the kid that Dr. Grant scares with the raptor claw is a kid from McGee and Me who got bullied really? by the bully Derek and got jelly donut squeezed on his head. So, wow. There you go. Small so, world. That's funny. Connections. Yeah, Leave there you go. Leave it up to make connections like that. Uh, now we just need to get him uh, connected to, uh, to Kevin Bacon. By the way, Darren, you have been validated. <laughs> Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and look, and my brother in the room next door is watching. Nice. <laughs> Hi, Jared. <laughs> hey, Jared. Awesome. Oh, uh, he's also talking about McGee and me. Yes. Yeah, Nate. Did you Dude, get to meet the creator it. when he when he was? Teaching at Taylor. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of so times. I, I did. I unfortunately didn't take his class, but I did meet him a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. He's a funny he dude. Did a anyway. One day. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Chris McGee and me, <laughs> not Mac and me, McGee and me, <laughs> cook. Yes. Mac and me. Oh no. <laughs> yes. Wait, wait, what? What's yeah. Mac and me? 
Uh, oh. you, uh, oh. you don't want to know unless you watch MST3K. That's all I'm saying. No, you need to go watch Mac and Me for sure. No. I highly recommend. No. Vex has not steered me wrong with her recommendations. <laughs> how, so, badly uh, do you wanna, how badly do you want to see the worst version of E.T. ever? It's great. It's I amazing. Mean, the worst version of stuff can be fun. Anyway. Uh, have you guys ever seen Backstroke to the West? <laughs> I don't want to. Shiny... Okay. The there, are the... so... there are so the many dub... terrible jokes there, Chris. Let's stay focused. <laughs> Tell us about writing your uh, your devotional entries. Oh, man. Well, you know me, sir. I'm long-winded and I get off track real easy. Um, so... <laughs> Writing my devotional entries was interesting. Sorry about the squeak. That's um, my adorable dog, Luna. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> now my brother is talking about Mac and me. <laughs> Watch that movie with the <laughs> Japanese ending, I dare you. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Um, yes. yeah, so writing my entries was an interesting thing because um, I like writing. Hi, Luna. Um, writing about <laughs> yes, hi, Luna. <laughs> I hear the squeaky um, toy. <laughs> writing was a was a bit of a challenge because I'm like, okay, I know a lot of Star Wars characters or comic book characters, but all right, who can I write about? And then who can I write about that will meet the word count and isn't just repeating something we've already seen or heard or that someone's written better than I can? Um, and then also... Like, what would be a unique thing to say with some of these characters? Um, so with Jessica Cruz, the uh, the Green Lantern, that one hit me in a big, bad way because I've been struggling with anxiety disorder for the past couple of years. Um, and I used to work in social ministry with a number of youth who struggled with it. And then when I showed them that, it blew their mind because they hadn't seen that depicted so realistically and generously um and for me it, it just hit like man it just bam um <laughs> so doing that and moon knight and nathan and i had done a podcast episode on my show about beast wars where we talked about dinobot for the majority of the episode because he's just so gangster um <laughs> I love Dinobot. <laughs> and there's, there's I love so that uh, that Shakespeare quoting uh, warrior robot raptor. <laughs> <laughs> there's just so many good lessons that can be learned, and we don't always have to go with the most obvious choices. And sometimes the lesser knowns you can get a lot of good out of. So mm -hmm. I hope I answered your question. Uh, you basically did, although I was waiting okay. for some little uh, story about how I, I, man, I put you through the grinder when we were in the editing process. Oh, yeah. No, well, I, you didn't ask that. Uh, <laughs> I, I but, will yeah, confess, uh, I was, I did feel a tiny bit bad, but I was, I tried to couch it with you by saying, it's like, you are getting high caliber, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, instruction right now. I would normally charge a buttload of money for this and you're getting it for free. So. Well, and, and I'll say the only other writing experience with the devotional that I've had was, was faith and fandom. And with that, it's more of an essay format. Like, Hey, write down what you think and do it in like, I don't know, 10, 000, 10 to 15,000 words. Um, and then we go from there. Where is it? A thousand to 1500. 
Words. Yeah, anyway, I was say that's, 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 that's a, a lot. lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I was most definitely wrong. Um, <laughs> so, oh, okay, Scotty, you like multiplying your numbers by a factor of 10 there? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta maintain my reputation as a miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, changing the, the tone from the only way I've ever written, that, that was a challenge and, and a good one. And I, you were so patient with me, man. I really appreciate it. If you've seen some of the things that I have graded as an English teacher, you would understand. <laughs> hmm. I was like, is this, is this a burn? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you were fine compared to some of the other things I've seen. Very, very fine. Anyway, now we come to Scott. Tell, uh, tell us about uh, writing your entries. Now, uh, you were actually one of the more experienced writers that we worked with because you've done a lot of stuff like this in the past. Uh, yeah, and so actually I was really excited when Eric first reached out to me about the project because uh, as at least you and Eric know, uh, I, I've written two other books before this um, in a series called Holy Heroes. And in those books, I focus on superheroes and draw spiritual lessons. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Um, that's the first one in the series. And then the second one is the Holy Heroes devotional. Um, and and I just draw spiritual lessons, biblical lessons out of the stories of these superheroes because I've been a, a huge superhero nerd my entire life. And, you know, when I was probably around 30, it kind of dawned on me that, you know, maybe I could, you know, take this, this geeky passion that I have and use it somehow to glorify God and to share Jesus with other people. And so uh, so that's what, what I did. And um, I'm also involved in a ministry called Costumers for Christ, um, nice. where we actually cosplay uh, as superheroes at comic cons. And we give out comic books about Jesus that just tell the story of Jesus. And so we get to, you know, mix and mingle with nerds of all sorts at comic conventions all the time. Um, and we have a blast doing it. But I actually uh, have one of your art pieces that I got from the one con that we hung out at Tricon. It's uh, oh, yeah. up on the wall right now. It's Jesus and Superman. Jesus. That's my favorite one, actually. Yeah, I, I love the Jesus and Superman one. And and behind me, you can see the, the poster that has uh, Su Superman, Hulk, Batman, Spider-Man and Jesus together. That's actually kind of pulled from the, the last page of the comic book about Jesus. Uh, um, well, what came so. first, that or the meme that has Jesus hanging out with all of them and he uh, all those superheroes? And he says, and that's how I save the world. <laughs> the meme came first, but only by a little bit. I, I stole it from the meme the first time I saw it like 10 years ago or eight years ago. Something I, like that. I actually have a t-shirt. So my sister got me a t-shirt of that meme and it actually yeah. has a couple extra heroes that were not in the original meme. So that was right. really cool. So anyway, as you know, I've got a little experience writing about that. And so when Eric reached out to me, um, I was excited for multiple reasons. One, because you know, I, I'm already <laughs> okay. familiar with... Okay. Uh, Scott? Yeah. You, you'll appreciate this from my brother. Holy heroes, Batman. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I hear every time I say the title. I hear Robin saying it. Holy heroes. No, that's just, that's nice. exactly how you were supposed to hear it. So thank you. I'm glad. I can't believe it took um, my... I can't believe I never realized that. 
I need to turn in my nerd card right now. Anyway. Right now. <laughs> anyway, so when Eric reached out to, to me about it, I was really excited because I was familiar. You know, I'd already met Eric and, and I met you at a convention and I met Eric. Mostly we chatted online. We actually have worked together at one convention in Chicago. Um, but I'm familiar with Nerd Chapel and we have very similar ministries. And so I was excited to be able to partner with you guys. But also I had some ideas left from my previous book, the, the Holy Heroes devotional that didn't make it into the book. But I, I'm, I'm still thinking, well, I, maybe I can do something with that sometime. Uh, and so when Eric said, hey, we're putting together a devotional, we want you to contribute. I'm like, oh, I've already got a few ideas because they were they were already in there. Um, the challenging ones were. Um, well, Eric wouldn't let me do all superheroes. We've had a lot of superhero entries in previous books. Yes. That's why. Yes. Yes. And so he, he encouraged me to choose one of the unmatched characters. I ended up doing uh, King Arthur, uh, which actually required research on my part, which is a little bit different than some of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Although I will about. say, because uh, Eric, I remember Eric and I were talking about that and we actually looked it up and we're like, there's comic book versions of Arthur in the DC and Marvel universes. He could try that, you know, pull from that yeah. or something like that. You know, the, the Arthur story is very fitting for a yes. comic book. So, and it gets used in, in a lot of different, you know, the first thing that came to mind, I don't know if any of you are going to remember this, but there was a, a cartoon show uh, about King Arthur and it was, I'm trying to think of the name of it now, but it was set in, it, it took like a football team from present day and transported them back in time. And, and that was like the captain of the football team became Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table, the Knights <laughs> of Justice. That's what it was. Knights of Justice. This is a King 90s Arthur, cartoon, Justice. isn't it? 90s, 90s cartoon, yes. Uh-huh. It, was, yeah. it was absolutely horrible, but I love it. That's the Ducks animated show. How have I never heard of this? You, you got yeah. gonna, I'll send you a link. You can watch That's all awesome. 22 episodes on YouTube. So. Nice. <laughs> any, any fans of uh, Kid and King Arthur's Court up in here? Uh, I've seen it. I've, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, I uh, I've read a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which has yeah. loosely inspired that, but mm-hmm. very loosely. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, so like I said, yeah, yeah, we got a lot of superhero stuff from you. Although you branched out a tiny bit, because normally you do specifically like Marvel and DC characters. Like one of my, uh, well, I'll save that for one of the other questions, but. Yeah, like you did an entry on uh, Shazam and Thor because they once fought each other nice. in the comics and, th- and things like that. And then obviously you did King Arthur, and then you branched out a tiny bit into uh, Toku Land, we'll call it. And uh, you talked about the Green Ranger from Power Rangers. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is also one of my teenage obsessions was the Power Rangers, and so I, I took the opportunity to to do that. Hey, uh, Chet Manley books. remembers the show. Hey, all right. I'm not the only person on the planet who watched that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and I also wrote a chapter on Cara Dune, which was the first time yeah, I've done Dune, any Star yeah. Wars-related stuff. You know, um, that was the thing. Been- that was the thing. I, I did not expect – I actually, for a second, a hot second, I thought, well, we were working on this. I'm like – 
given what's happened in the last year, is that going to end up being unintentionally controversial? Thankfully, it wasn't. And even if it was, I would have defended that so hard because Cara Dune is an amazing character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I was always timid about writing about Star Wars because I'm a fan of Star Wars, but not like some fans. You know, like I watch all the movies, but I don't know all the lore and the, you know, the comic books and the novels and all Same. that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I'm one of those people. The character that someone's going to come up with and say you didn't do it justice or something like that. So, uh -huh. um, But Cara Dune being original to the show uh, – was a little little less intimidating. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, the, to co I'll come back and talk a little bit about mine. So uh, I kind of went about this uh, very much the same way like a lot of you. I made a list of characters that I was interested in writing about. I had to whittle it down, and that was you know, we were, Eric and I were thinking a lot about, okay, what kind mm -hmm. of stuff do we want to have represented in this? And, you know, we don't want to overdo it on certain things. Let's throw in some stuff that, has come out since the second book was published. So that's why we made sure that we had stuff from The Mandalorian. So that's why we were glad that we got a Cara Dune entry Great from you. Show. I wrote about Mando. So, and you know, uh, I also, uh, you'll appreciate this, Bex, because I knew we needed to get some anime representation and I wanted to get some kaiju in there. I wrote about yeah. uh, a character from the Netflix anime, Godz uh, the Netflix Godzilla anime trilogy. Which again, yeah. I thought that's going to be a little bit controversial because that's a divisive series. But uh, I I went and did it anyway, and I want I could already tell you there are some people who would have massive disagreements with my take on Hororo Sakaki, who is the main character in that, <laughs> considering that I drew spiritual applications out of his story. But regardless, you know, I went and did it, and. So I'm sorry, trying to. I'm looking at the list of contents here just to remind myself because I've slept at least once since we published this. <laughs> Try to remember. Oh, I did cheer it. That was another one. I loved writing about mm -hmm. Chirrut in this. He's from Rogue One, which yep. has become one of my favorite Star Wars movies. And one of the things I absolutely adored about Chirrut is his relationship with the force is much different than any uh than any other way we've seen other characters relate to the force where they treat it as very impersonal a very uh, kind of a like a buddhist pantheistic sort of approach to it whereas chirrut treated it like it was this living being that he could relate to and i'm like why aren't more why don't they do this more often this is amazing this guy is communing with the Force and treating it like it has personality and things like that and talking about the will of the Force and all of that. And also, he's a blind warrior who can take on a whole but you know troop of stormtroopers and win. I mean, and he's played by Donnie Yen. You know, so it's like all this cool stuff about him. So I wanted to make sure I, you know, I got something. And that was my prayer entry for that one the, because he liked to... Uh, I don't. I, he had this mantra that he would repeat to himself all the time to keep himself going, and so that I used that as the jumping-off point in that. So it was. But let me tell you, the selection process was difficult because I had so many characters <laughs> that I really wanted to, to write about. But I'm like, uh, I got to tailor this to you know to the needs of the book, you know, and you know, just gonna have to file some of these away and keep them for later. So you know. 
I'm never running out of material. Let me tell you, people talk about writer's block. I'm like, I wish I had writer's block. I've, I've I'm gonna, ha- I, I will have ideas left over when I'm dead. Okay, <laughs> you will find an entire file stashed away someplace of unused ideas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. But anyway, you're gonna be like Tupac, but with uh, with Christian geeky books, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Now, related question, I want to uh, I want to go on to the next one, which is, which of your entries is your favorite and why? So, Eric, well, no, no, actually, let's mix it up a little bit. I'm gonna start in the opposite corner. Scott, you go first. Oh man, I was hoping I could have a minute to think about it. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with, and, and there's several that I, I really liked, but, uh, but I'm going to go with the, the Spider-Man entry. It's actually about Mysterio in, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, um, because it, it just struck a chord with me when I saw the movie and it seems very relevant, um, for our day and age the the approach I took is, you know, you see Mysterio who comes along acting like a good guy and pretending to be, you know, Peter Parker's best friend and acting like he's there to save the world and that sort of thing. Um, but really he's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, he, he's deceiving Peter and tricking him into, uh, to, to giving him something that didn't belong to him, wasn't for him. And, and I just see that a lot in, our culture, our society, and, and even in the church today, that we, we aren't careful about who we trust, we aren't careful about who we listen to, and and we need to be more discerning. Uh, we need to, to learn to, to recognize the voice of truth and recognize uh, deception when we hear it. And so that uh, seems just very relevant and contemporary to me as an, an issue that we deal with. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, now we'll move up. Darren, you've been too quiet for too long. Tell us what your favorite entry is. Of yours. Uh, your favorite so, of yours. Yeah. I will say it is Wesley's prayer to the Lord of Permanent Affection, the one from The Princess Bride. I had a lot of fun writing it, and I had a lot of fun poking at Nathan, and it was the one that was un- unplanned. I didn't. I didn't go into it thinking that I would do that. And then all of a sudden, here I am comparing the the movie to the book and all the things that I love about the book that aren't in the movie. Like, so for Chris's sake, you don't have the pit of despair. You have the zoo of death. All right. With five <laughs> levels where it goes down. The first level's ground level, then two, three, four, five is the deepest level with some deadly creature that Humperdinck hoped to discover someday that would be as deadly as him. And guess where Wesley gets moved to? The fifth level of the zoo of death. So, but a lot of different things in the book that aren't in there. And I just go through and I say, these are the reasons why the book is better. And then I was like, well, what am I going to relate this to in the Bible? (laughs) Who is someone that did all of these incredible things? And then at the very end had to call on God to save him. And I thought, well, there was Samson. Samson slew a thousand Philistine warriors with nothing but a bone. And then at the end of it all, he was going to die of thirst. And so he had done all these incredible things. And then he just called out to God 
to save him because he's going to die of thirst. And so Wesley had done some incredible things in the fire swamp, but now here he is just inches away from death and he calls out to God to save him. And so then I make the correlation. When is the right time to call on God? I just put in there like some of my struggles, like sometimes I won't pray for a day and then I'll feel like, well, is God going to treat me like, you know, you forgot me for a whole day. No, God is not like that. God is so welcoming and has this open invitation to us at all times. And so I just at the very end was like, any time is a good time to pray. It does not matter if you haven't prayed for a week or haven't prayed for a day or whatever. Call on God for whatever you need, whenever you need it. And so I, I really like the devotional, and I hope it uh, speaks to people in the same way that it helped me. All right, now we're moving over. Eric, it's your turn. <laughs> so I promise there, I have a logic, but anyway. <laughs> uh, picking a favorite is, is difficult for any of us. Uh, oh, I'm sure. It's like I asking think... a parent. Like but when people ask me, what's your favorite book that you've written? It's like, why don't you ask a parent which a child is their favorite? Okay. <laughs> the good one. Uh, <laughs> the good one. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm not a parent. <laughs> one, of, one of my entries, uh, you know, I, like I said, I did a couple entries based on 1950s science fiction. And one of the movies that I grew up watching uh, was The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original 1951 classic. Uh, and, you know, and now I, I take a look at Klaatu and his mission. You know, he came to Earth from another planet and wanted to speak to the whole Earth and share this message of, of a chance to live in peace with other planets, with the whole Earth. And people were blocking him and saying no we can't do that they won't come to our land we won't go to their land we we're bickering and fighting and as he put it he got frustrated with stupidity uh and, and so he wanted me to i can relate <laughs> yeah he, he wanted me to come in man and he kind of smirked when they locked the room on him like it was amusing to him uh and you know, he goes out amongst the common man just as Jesus came and walked amongst the common man and, and sat down with people that other people would refuse to sit down with. And uh, just how, you know, he had an offer to, to be part of this great connection. Jesus said, hey, you, you have a chance to follow me and, and to be part of this amazing journey God is taking me on. You can be part of that. And so I just looked at that wonderful, and, and, taking a movie I'd grown up with, it was fun. My mom was very patient as we watched the movie and I paused, rewound, paused, rewound to make sure I got certain quotes right and, and certain details right. Uh, but, you know, it, it's something that came out of my relationship with my mom was watching those movies. And, you know, my mom started me on my nerdiness and being able to take, uh, something that was such a big part of my life for so long and find ways of connecting with Jesus' own mission and with pointing people back to Jesus was just a really fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, and now we'll move down on the screen. Now it's your turn, Chris. <laughs> Which one was your favorite? Uh, I think I know, so I want to see if I'm right. I, I, I think I think I know the one you're talking about. Um 
I, in a weird way, I want to say all of them just because of the. Uh, <laughs> That's a not, cop out. We all do. I will. I will be specific about my absolute favorite. But the reason I say all of them is I'll even point at the um, the Robin Hood chapter, which was the biggest struggle one for me to write. Um, and you and I spent a lot of time here. workshopping that one. We did. We did. And by the end of it, I was like, you know what? This is exactly what I wanted to get out. But it took that while and that back and forth to get there. So just the process of that part, I was like, that's just satisfying that it turned out as well as it did. And it mm-hmm. finally got done. Mm-hmm. You actually, um, it ended up going into to some really interesting places. So uh, I can see why you would be a bit proud of that one. Um, but I, I will say my absolute favorite is the, uh, the anxiety lantern chapter. uh, Yes, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica Cruz. I knew it. (laughs) Uh, I I think she's a wonderful character. Um, but also for me, it was like, it's a bit cathartic to get to write about this stuff, something I've been experiencing and going through and in a positive way where so many of our brothers and sisters also struggle with this. And thankfully, in the past like five to ten years, the church has gotten much better at addressing mental health and being supportive for people with it. But still, I'm like, you know what? Here's the chance to just try to normalize it, deal deal with it for myself, and hopefully come up with a way that can help any other uh, brother or sister going through it. I'm like, you know what? That's, that's the, that's the end game for it right there. Like all the other stuff is great. There's, there's wonderful lessons, but that one, I was like, these are also very practical steps. Like, yeah. (laughs) All right. So now we move, uh, we move over and uh, Bex, you have two. (laughs) So uh, I've got a 50, 50 chance to guess, right. I think I already know, but. So, oh, uh, blow so my mind. You, Try, you have a 50 50 chance to blow my mind. So, okay. Well, when you first asked this question, I said one. And then as we kept go- as it was going, I, I, I went to the other and then I went back to the other one. And so <laughs> I've changed my mind like four times in the span of 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, biting my tongue. There's a, there's a joke there, but I'm not going to say it anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, the you know the the Jurassic Park one I mentioned earlier it really like spoke to me um, you know from a personal experience and a personal personal heart condition that I had to kind of work through um, but I, I think I'm gonna have to say uh, Sailor Moon yeah uh, because <laughs> <laughs> I I do love the character even though I didn't really delve too deeply into her character growth. Um, I think the topic is probably one of my favorites to talk about and the one that uh, I think is most needed. Um, in a sense, I almost, you know, when I, when I re-read the devotional, I read it and I'm like, man, I could, I could have gone so much further. And I, I, I have this thought that the devotional, that particular one is unfinished, like, you could just keep going on the topic of identity and who we are in Christ and who Christ is and 
what that means for us. Um, and so I, I think I'd have to choose that one as my final answer. Of course. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> like, I, I, I really wish we could have gotten more from you. I would have loved to have seen what else you would have pulled out of you know, that that hat of yours. I, you know, it just would have been, I, that I magic girl hat. The magic, the magic girl, girl hat. hat, yes. yes. I like to think that uh, this character is, is me, right? right. Oh, oh, this, the, uh, this one's me right uh, there. The, yeah. the, uh, the lady wizard. You know, it's funny. Yes. Uh, our cover artist, her name uh, for all three books, her name is Ruth. And uh -huh. the I we have kind of, Eric and I have always kind of wondered a little bit if she may have kind of modeled some of these characters after us because if you look at book one uh yeah. you know, uh our uh, our super dude right here looks sus suspiciously like me from the back because he uh -huh. he looks like he's superman but he has blonde hair and uh and sci-fi guy over here the uh the neo looking dude looks a yeah. bit like eric well eric looked a bit <laughs> like that back then place, not the so other much guy. now yeah. but the other guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm going so, I thought you said Morpheus, and I was like, what? <laughs> no, the Neo-looking guy. Neo. No, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, actually, I've kind of wondered if Ruth used herself as the model for Samurai Schoolgirl here, but I don't know. But Samurai Schoolgirl is just kind of awesome. I, I love Samurai Schoolgirl. Mm -hmm. She's the, great. She's great. Yeah, actually, and here's a, something that... I mean, I make no promises about this, but I'm going to throw this out there into the ether. Eric and I were musing a little bit during Gen Con toward the end, and I said, Eric, what do you think about doing, since we can't, we have this cover now, you know, this Justice League Avengers-style cover here with all of these characters, plus a couple new ones, and I thought... What if we did a fiction spinoff of 42 where we wrote stories, short stories, about each one of these characters, and then they have a big Avenger-style team-up at the end? <laughs> and he thought, that sounds that like a great fun. idea. So I may actually try getting some people together to try that. I've been toying around with some ideas for, uh, you know, for... Uh, like some parameters for all the writers to kind of work in, mm -hmm. work within. And uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that for now. So anyway, yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, I was actually pouring over the table of contents because I was trying to figure out which one do I genuinely like the most. And there's a lot of them in there that I would love to talk about that. Uh, I've mentioned a few that I went to some interesting places with them and uh, you know, it's, it's hard. It's it's hard to pick one, you know. And there's been a few that I've talked about already that have been great, but I think I'm going to land on one that I haven't mentioned yet because it's a little because I think it's one of the more unique ones that I talked about, and that is I have one on Proto Man from the Mega Man games, but it is not specifically the version from the games. It is, I'm not surprised that you chose Proto Man for your favorite. Yeah, it's actually one from. It's actually the version of Proto Man from a concept album made by a band from California called the Megas. They're basically a Mega Man tribute slash cover band, and uh, basically they make albums centered around different Mega Man games, and they kind of expand off of the you know, you know simple stories that the games have. And mm -hmm. 
they give Proto Man this whole story arc that he goes through because the way they interpret Proto Man in this is that because he's Mega Man's brother, basically, because they were created by the same scientist, Dr. Light. And uh, basically, Proto Man was created first. He was a bit of a failed experiment. And then Dr. Light built Mega Man, and then Mega Man went off and basically became a superhero and was saving the world from Dr. Wily and all of that stuff. So the way they present Proto Man is that he is he's very angry, he's very resentful, and and he's just this big ball of burning rage. And he doesn't care for the humans, he does not care for Dr. Light, and he's basically trying to convince Mega Man throughout the, this whole album that... You know, that what are you bothering defending these humans for? They're not worth it. And then Mega Man has a little bit of a crisis in this album and then decides, you know what? No, you're wrong. And then he goes off and saves the world from Dr. Wiley and all that stuff. And then the last song in the album, which is the ti- also the title of the entry, it's called Melody from the Past, and where Proto Man is looking at what his brother has done and he comes to terms with himself and what he had been thinking and learns to forgive basically, you know, all of these uh, people that he feels like is wrong to particularly Dr. Light. And I drew parallels with uh, the story of Joseph in Genesis when it came to his brothers and how Joseph was able to forgive his brothers uh, for everything that they did to him. And it was, it was so interesting. I even I, I I I tried to get a hold of the band to tell them that I was doing this and just say, "Hey, is it okay if I do this, guys?" They never got back to me. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> you know, I did uh, I did try and yeah. So I would say that one because of how because it's it's not quite the source material you would expect mm-hmm. for that particular character. So obscure. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> you should check out the albums. They are amazing. <laughs> These are nerds and great musicians. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got a few more questions that should uh, here that should uh, round out our conversation. Well, no, actually, I want to do this one because, uh, um, and uh, I mean, we've already been going at this for about an hour and 20 minutes. So, uh, you know, see if we can go through this relatively quick because I don't know if I necessarily want this to go on forever. But now we've talked about what was each of our favorite entries that we wrote. Now I want to know which one was your favorite that someone else wrote. <laughs> Just because I think mm. that would be fun. So, mm. uh, man, I'm going to have to look at the table of contents here again. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to go first. We'll, we'll start with Darren because, again, he's I can too quiet. I can- <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's been muted I'm going to pick one from each of you oh no uh, I'll be quick about it uh, Chris by the way Chris can we have a bonding moment because my hair is darker on top than my beard is and yes so, son so, okay, yeah, okay. I got three different hair colors come Coming out of the one same area. What the heck is that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Chris, I want to say that I thought your one on used to scrubs is just brilliant. And Thank I you. think everyone can identify with it, but that's mm. not the one that I'm going to choose because I think Moon Knight is a highly underrated character. I love yes. Moon Knight. 
And um, I never collected the Moon Knight comic, but he would be in Spider-Man quite a bit. And mm -hmm. I like um, I like how you put, you know, um, the different identities that he had. It was like putting on the armor for each thing. And um, I was starting to see maybe even some other correlations because every one of us has different identities. Like you go to your workplace and then you're in your family. Like you could be the baby in your family, but you can be the supervisor at work. So anyway, Moon Knight, I love that one. Thank you. Uh, Eric, I really like your devotion on uh, Dr. Morbius and the, the id and, and um, it's just the, the pride that he had. I've never seen the movie, but you just laid the story out so well. I felt like I was walking along and discovering it as, as I was reading it. And it's like, we all have that pride of thinking, oh, wait a second. Let me handle this. Mm -hmm. I'm smart enough to handle this. You're not smart enough to handle this. Yeah. And to think, how many times have I done that? And so that one was a really good one. So Becky, I like Jurassic, uh, the Jurassic Park one. I like your uh, correlation with with Dr. Grant and how he was, you know, standoffish. And that's the only one of the Jurassic movies that I've seen. And so I was hoping. I hope this is one of the movies that I have seen. And so it was the movie that I have seen. And I thought it was a really good correlation. And then uh, Scott. Oh, what did I have for Scott? You know, I think a lot of people were going to say Thor versus Shazam. That That is a really good one. And it's just very intriguing. But I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say the one that you picked, the Mysterio one. Because I'm a big Spider-Man fan. And... Uh, just the, the illustration and the quotes from the movie were so relevant. It's so easy to fool people when they're already fooling themselves. Oh, that was so good. And then your, um, your challenge at the end, test everything in the light of scripture. Wow. Good challenge. And then for, uh, for Nick, who's not here, I want to make sure he gets a little love too. I picked uh, the Gorgon's heart, the Medusa. He's a fascinating character, but um, he, he, he did a twist. He made it more like identifying with the person who has been turned to stone and what it would mean to be transformed back. And then he made a little trip to, to Narnia with the White Witch and the statues in the courtyard and how those, those people had to be transformed back to living flesh. So I like that one. And then uh, Nathan, my favorite for you was something that's actually more mainstream. I was very surprised that you did the one on Bruce Lee because that's more of a mainstream thing and not really a, a nerd type thing. But I'm a Bruce Lee fan too. But I didn't, I didn't know that you were aware of Longstreet. And I thought you maybe you could have uh, set that show up a little bit better that he was working with a guy who was partially blind mm. and was struggling with self-confidence and had you know, gotten beat up by some, some thugs mm. and felt like, man, I'm this half blind guy. And so he was learning from Bruce Lee, but you know, in the movie he played someone else, didn't he? Yeah. From, he wasn't playing himself. He wasn't playing himself. No, no, he was playing a character, right. but the idea, yeah. But the idea was be water, be water, be, you know, conform to whatever situation you're in. When a when water's poured into a cup, when water's poured into a bowl, it takes that shape. So be water. And you made the correlation of the Apostle Paul became 
all things to all people. And so that kind of struck my, my Bruce Lee, uh, um, uh, fanatic in me. So anyway, Uh, one from everybody. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right, Scott, how about you? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I have two that were kind of my favorite that stood out to me at least. I mean, all of them were, were really good, but, uh, and they've both already been mentioned tonight. Uh, one is Becky's Sailor Moon. Uh, and, and the reason that that one stood out to me so much is, you know, obviously I, I've heard of Sailor Moon. I know what she looks like. People cosplay her as her at, at comic cons and stuff, but I never watched any of the anime. I don't really know anything about her story, but, but Becky did such a good job writing this character after a page and a half of, of describing her story. I was already invested. Like I cared about this character and I wanted to know what, who she was and where her life was going. Like I wanted to know the end of her story. Yeah, uh, well, Let me tell you, let me tell you, I decided, you know, because of being friends with Becky and also because of some stuff on the podcast that, you know, that I will, I won't get into, but uh, let's just say Becky basically created a character for the podcast. But uh, I've actually been partaking of a little bit of Sailor Moon, and it is, I am enjoying it way more than I think I should, because <laughs> I am definitely not the target audience for this thing. <laughs> but right. it's pushing the superhero buttons for me. I think that's what's why it's working right. for me. Yeah. So, but anyway, so she drew me in just, you know, within that first page and a half, introducing the character and walking through her, her origin. And, and then, you know, she led into the, the question of identity and, you know, who am I? And, you know, as she already mentioned, talked about how relevant that is for our culture today that, you know, we, we deal and wrestle with, with this question of identity a lot. Um, and then the other one ties right back into that, which was Darren's uh, one on Darkwing Duck, of all things. Because <laughs> um, now I was a Darkwing Duck fan as a kid, too. Um, but, uh, you know, just listening to the way Darkwing describes himself, and he, he quotes so many of the I am this, I am that, I am this, I am that. Uh, and, of course, Darkwings are all funny. But then he connects it to Jesus' I am statements. And, you know, all through John, Jesus makes these I am statements telling us who he is. And I just thought that the two of those side by side made for an interesting comparison, because on on the one side, we've got us who often wrestle with wondering, who am I? And Mm -hmm. seeking the answer to that question. And then you've got on the other side, Jesus saying, I am and telling us in all these different colorful and inventive ways who he is. And, and there's, well, kind of like how Becky said, we find our identity in Christ. And so the better we understand who he is, the better we'll understand who we are and who we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Becky's entry, entries. <laughs> there you go. Did, did, did Jurassic Park have a tuxedo mask? Anyway, Eric, your turn. My turn. So I had to look through the table of contents this time. I cheated. Um, no! There's a lot of good things in here. <laughs> but one of the ones that I'm really impressed with, uh, Nick, who could not join us, did an entry entitled, No Gelfling is an Island. <laughs> and he takes a look at the Gelflings uh, from the Dark Crystal, but he goes to the prequel series on Netflix, which is a great series. It's very well done, very fun. Uh, 
and he just takes a look, look at our need as so their need as Gelflings in all these different tribes that were kind of unorganized. There was a system that organized them, but wasn't themselves organizing themselves. It was a system that was very much controlling them. And they didn't really align and cooperate very well. And he looks at their need to learn to cooperate and compares it with our need as followers of Jesus and all of these different denominations to learn to cooperate together. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, I as a Wesleyan am not on my own. I can cooperate with, uh, with Scott from a small Bible church and with Nate from who attends a Reformed church, I believe now. Yeah. Uh, and we can all cooperate together because we'll all see different pieces of who Jesus is and bring those pieces together mm-hmm. to have a, a more full idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just our need as a people to, to cooperate instead of to compete with each other. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, Chris, your turn. Sorry, I'm muting. Uh, Luna is desperate for playing attention. I'm, I'm noticing, <laughs> but you know, it's just yeah. like you know, re- you can't have a redeemed otaku anything without a cat interruption. So, you, know, <laughs> you can't have a one cross radio and the kitty uh, without a Luna interruption. Oh, yeah, no, she's the perpetual co-host. Hi, baby, yes. (laughs) Um, I'll quickly say, uh, I love that through how the chapters, we got a chapter from Scott about the best Fantastic Four movie, and then the next chapter we got from Scott was about the Fantastic Four. (laughs) I just love that. (laughs) Um, In terms of my favorites, two automatically come to mind um like don't get me wrong everybody i've loved everything but uh darren your chapter on dr jekyll mr hyde i was like i know some stuff about this character and it brought a lot of new knowledge to me about it and i'm like dang this is just this is so accurate it's kind of punching me in the face um and then also I was like, man, if the filmmakers who tried to do that monster verse even put half the functioning, like understanding that you do with that character, that franchise might be off the ground. Um, and then, of course, Bex's uh, chapter on Sailor Moon. It's it's just so good. Um, I love hearing Bex uh, find illustrations in Sailor Moon. Like her and I have done episodes on each other's shows where we've talked about. Sailor Moon, and she's always finding me this stuff. She's gotten me into the show. Um, so actually sitting down and reading it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is just... <laughs> like, just so, great job There's a lot of Bex and Sailor Moon love going around right now. <laughs> Speaking of Bex, what, which one was your favorite from uh, that wasn't written by you? Oh my goodness. Um, well, there's been several that... Uh, that have been mentioned uh the dr jekyll mr high the darkwing duck i'm a big fan of darkwing duck i was actually a little jealous that you got darkwing duck and i didn't think of that one first so (laughs) just gonna say (laughs) um there the fun thing about this devotional is there's a lot of stuff that i'm not familiar with but because of how you guys uh linked these all to biblical truths and lessons. I'm now interested. 
I want to read about the Green Lantern and the Blue Lantern. And I want to read about all these other other characters now that I've never encountered before. Um, the ones that were really that really stood out to me, definitely Chris's uh, anxiety. Uh, um, the uh, oh wait, here it is. Let's see which one was it. Uh, it was the it was the one on Jessica the, Cruz. The green, Jessica Cruz. Thank you, Jessica Cruz. I had it written down here. Jessica Cruz. Great chapter. That was a, a great, great devotional and super interested in that character now. Um, another one that I enjoyed, uh, again, Nick isn't here, uh, but the the one about Atris and the art yes. of mankind. Mm -hmm. That yes. was a really cool one to read because I was a Mist. I played Mist as it re was released on our old Macintosh and, you know, uncovering the story. And then I got super into the books and the novels um, so that was a fun read to to revisit that franchise, uh, but also uh, make that connection of how we should be uh, creating just as our creator created us. Um, mm -hmm. And then to tie that back into, um, yeah, I have like notes all over the place. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, but to tie that into um, creating creating things for his glory, for God's glory, and not for our own uh our own gain, our own glory, but for the glory of God. So, um, there, yeah, there's just so many good ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, hard to th like this is kind of an interesting side note. Uh, yeah. I was at a conference for Christians involved in game development a few years ago out mm -hmm. in Oregon, and the creator of Mist was there. He was one of the oh, keynote man. speakers. That would be and, awesome. And uh, so he's a believer, and his session was amazing. His session wow. on world creation was just amazing uh and so that that was really cool what was was kind of quirky was that someone had you know just a bunch of random stuff out there selling one was the uh the christian alternative to mist mm. someone had just one random wow and, well, yeah <laughs> but um okay you know, that's like that, that almost that, it, instead of jesus you can have jesus Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so uh, that, that, it, it's like really you want cool me to pick between Jesus and Buddy Christ? Is that what I, I just? <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, he he did a great session, and he rewrote a piece of scripture into computer programmer speech uh, <laughs> that I a long time ago I shared on on Facebook. Man, what? think was the scripture on on love i think it was from first corinthians 13 yeah probably that would make sense yeah. that homie yeah. might be on to the next bible translation man because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to convert the machines before skynet rises sure. yes uh, yes Nate. convert skynet to christianity to and the, Ultron, the apocalypse will Ultron be averted. And, skynet and all of those yeah <laughs> all right well uh i'm gonna bring up to i'm going to continue the nick love because nick's got to get represented here and i'm going to bring up one that <laughs> not everyone else has brought up that because it's probably because it's more obscure and that would be his one on the Stanley Parable, which is this very strange oh, yeah. uh, computer game that you can buy on Steam that he had me play. It's almost like, it's almost not a game. It's almost more like a social experiment almost, mm -hmm. just to see what you do. Yeah. Uh, it's this very strange game that's more about, you can actually 
theoretically, you could actually, if you do it right, you could actually beat the game in about 20 minutes if you want to. The whole po- uh, point is that you, you're this, it's first person, you're this character, and you have a narrator that's narrating everything you do, and then you get to the point where it's just like, do you want to just keep doing what the narrator says, or you just want to say, screw it, and go do something else? And so it's all about choices. Because And if you start going against the narrator more and more, you make him agitated, and there's like, there's like 20 endings for this game, depending on the kinds of choices that yeah. you make. And he related it back to that, because this is Nick loves getting all philosophical about this, about how people view God that way, that he's this, uh, that he's just this uh, iron fisted uh, being that just dictates everything and you have no free will and all of that sort of stuff. And it was, it was just wonderful hearing him break down such a big philosophical concept down to this very quirky video game. And then the one, that uh, the other one I want to bring up, I'm going to give you a little bit of love, Chris. Dinobot. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, I love yes. the I love the story of Dinobot. I loved your entry on it, talking about uh, his journey as a character and how just how complex a character he is, and and you know he does how he doesn't really fit in with either the good guys or the bad guys. He's one of the good guys, but he used to be one of the bad guys. He doesn't really fit in with either camp. He's such an incredible character, and oh, yeah. I it is heart wrenching to watch the scene where uh, to watch the episode where he makes the ultimate sacrifice, and it's this this choice that he knew was coming. And he yep. had to make it. And it's just, it gets me. Every time I watch that episode, it gets to me. It really does. And I know it sounds silly that a show this? meant to sell toys can <laughs> just can hit you in the feels, as the kids say, but it does. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, any anybody who's watching this live stream or hears it later, uh, the episode in question is Code of Hero. It's from the second season of Beast Wars. It is, to me, the absolute best story coming out of anything Transformers. Nothing, nothing touches it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, uh, my laptop is uh, fixing to die, so let's wrap this up very quickly. (laughs) So uh, my other questions we basically answered except for one, which is where can you get the book? To put it simply, go on Amazon. You can find it there. Hopefully, we'll have some ebook versions of it available very soon. You can also get it from me or Eric, at least currently. If anybody else wants author copies to take to cons or whatever, call us. Anyway, so if you come find Eric or I, I'm happy to go. (laughs) If you find Eric or I at a convention, you can buy copies from us. They will be signed and it will be glorious. So. (laughs) that's basically it and uh we've mentioned what all of us do and uh you know guys feel free to send me any links or whatever that you want me to include in the show notes for this and i will uh be sure so that people know where to find you and to check out all of your stuff because you know a lot of you are podcasters writers and all of that sort of stuff all right thank you very much go buy the book people (laughs) Yes. And buy books one and two while you're at it, too. Right? Man's question. I think it was Rand Miller that was at the conference I was at. Yeah. Yeah. It's my brother. It's my brother again. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was Rand. All right. But, yeah. All right. Funko. Anyway, see you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. 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 (laughs) Peace be the journey. (laughs) 